taste it. Hey, what's on your plate? Is it good? Is it great? Come on, don't hesitate. Sit on down with the unbuja food and when you're cooking at home, wanna set the right tone? Just pick up the phone. Sit on down with the unbuja food and. Hi folks, thanks so much for tuning in to today's show of The Unbuji Foodie. Uh, I am your host, Wesley Wright. You know that I am here every Saturday right here at uh, WEQY 104.7 FM, um, the voice of the East Side. You can hear me every Saturday at 10 a.m. But right now, I am interviewing a wonderful um, pastry chef. I'm going to say master pastry chef, actually. Um, Mark Hugh. we are, if you hear a, a number of, of noises, <laughs> we are at his shop. I wanted to come to him and make it a little bit more, uh, I guess, in his space so that he feels comfortable, but also to give you an idea of uh, you know, the shop and hopefully you saw online the, the previous day's uh, live that I did of uh, some of the pastry that he has uh, and that's just a small, small, I don't know, <laughs> showing, if you would, of what's available. But we'll get more into that in just a moment. But first, let me give you the telephone number um, to to the show. Um, and even though we're not calling in, we do look forward to um, having you call in um, in the very near future. Uh, but, you know, to do live shows once again. But that telephone number is 651-200-3479. You can find me on Facebook, which is The Unbuji Foodie, uh, on Instagram, which is The underscore Unbuji Foodie, and also I'm on Twitter as well. And like I said, I don't really rant, rant or rave, but it is at Unbuji Foodie. Also, uh, I'd like to invite you to visit my website as well, which is www.theunbougiefoodie.com. You'll hear past episodes and also uh, see you know, articles that I've written for a community newspaper. So let's go ahead and start the show. Chef Mark, if you would say hello. <laughs> hello, everybody. Hello, Wesley. <laughs> thank you so much for being, for having me. I'm going to oh, say I was going to. Thank you gonna, for I, having me on your show. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, Gosh, I, I, I wanna, I wish folks could actually be here to actually see um, some of these pastries uh, or maybe taste them. <laughs> but I, I tell you, it is, it's gonna give them, if you describe it, it will give them an opportunity to maybe use their imagination. So, um, I don't know. Should we just jump right in? And you describe maybe a few things that are on the plate. Yes. So for you today, I've made an East Bowl, an opera cake, a passion fruit raspberry top, and a croissant. Uh, 
So the Ispan is a macaron cake um, filled with uh, light vanilla whipped cream that is flavored with rose water. Okay. And from the inside to the outside, you have uh, lychee and uh, raspberries. And on top, it's uh, topped with uh, rose petal and uh, raspberry. Then next, uh, we have the opera cake. So the opera cake is uh, an almond sponge cake uh, soaked into um, coffee syrup. And uh, it has uh, coffee buttercream and a chocolate ganache. And it's uh, glazed with uh, chocolate uh, glaze and topped with a 24 karat gold leaf. Yum, y'all. <laughs> the passion fruit um, has a sweet dough uh, tart shell uh, filled with uh, raspberry confit and uh, passion fruit um, cream glazed with a passion fruit glaze and uh, topped with uh, some uh, violet flowers and uh, lime thyme and raspberries and um, the croissant which is uh, made with uh, a butter that is imported directly from France and lots of love <laughs> lots of love yeah lots of layers weekly layers and uh, lots of love yeah awesome I tell you people um, friends out there that uh, are listening to the show you have no idea how um, yeah I've already kind of bit into one and had a few forks of another <laughs> <laughs> the other two I'm probably going to hold off on, um, but that croissant, I'm sorry, I know Cecil said that it gave me any croissant that <laughs> I'm supposed to save him some. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Anyway, um, so really I want to actually get, uh, just ask a few questions of you, yes. just kind of uh, find out, you know, your choice. I know we've talked about this very briefly when, you know, on our first introduction, you know, um, coming into the space that you are in but even prior to that can you tell us how you got your start you know um, uh, maybe your backstory and help us understand what brought you to this space of being a pastry chef so I I grew up I was born and raised in France so I always wanted to be a pastry chef um, since my youngest age but my parents um, forced me to go to a medical school so I had to put, uh, I guess, my dream aside to, to please my parents because uh, I know that they, they work very hard and uh, I kind of didn't want to disappoint them, you know? Cause, no, uh, understood, I'm, understood. So I went into the medical field and uh, so once I got in, uh, I kind of had to deal with my dad like, oh, um, if I get into medical school, can you buy me a flight ticket to anywhere in the world? So that was our deal, and uh, so I got into medical school, and he was like, okay, so uh, it's a done deal, where do you want to go? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I want to visit uh, the U.S., because I have my, so my dad's mom lives in Minnesota, and I have a few cousins here. So uh, I came here, it was like a break, in during the summer break. Um, so I came here on vacation in 2012, and uh, I've met a girl that became my wife, and uh, I ended up staying here. Okay. So after a couple of years uh, working in the hospital uh, at the U of M, actually, um, I realized that uh, I wasn't very uh, uh, happy doing what I was doing, and I w was always thinking about pastry. So uh, I decided to go back uh, to Paris and uh, to go study pastry. Nice. And uh, so I did this uh, two years ago. 
since I studied pastry and uh, I get a chance and the opportunity to work with uh, one of the top chefs in the world, in the field. And um, yeah, so I came back uh, beginning of uh, 2019 uh, to Minnesota and uh, I'm very excited to, to be sharing uh, my passion and uh, what I love to do with, uh, with all of you folks. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. He could have kept talking because <laughs> I, I just took a bite of uh, this, uh, I, I, I forgot the name already. Opera. Opera? Yes. Okay. I'm not going to remember that, but he he's helping us right now and definitely um, it's with coffee. So you all know how I am with coffee, sort of. <laughs> so it might pick me up a little bit and we might get a little frantic. <laughs> not really. Oh, so, you know, um, that's so that's so wonderful. How long have you actually been doing um, a work as a pastry chef or having your business as a pastry chef? Because I've learned that uh, your Instagram following, people have been following you for quite some time, and they've just rave about the, the a wonderful uh, artistry that you do um, with your pastries. How long have you been doing it? So I started my business uh, January of 2019. Okay. So it's been uh, seven months now. Okay. Um, but being in the field of pastry, it's been about just a little bit over a year. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. So uh, you brought it to, to St. Paul. Um, I know that I recently, I, when we first met, and I took some photos um, of a number of the pastries that um, you shared with some other friends, that um, someone else commented, oh, we have, you know, a patisserie um, also in St. Paul as well. And I I wasn't mad at them because of saying that, because you know, they're, they're correct. And I think I mentioned it to you, um, that patisserie is called Rose, uh, and they're located on um, uh, Selby and, and Snelling. They, that's in one of their locations. They have another in another area. I think it's in the Upton, Upton um, neighborhood. But I, I mentioned specifically about um, your patisserie, this shop here, um, being in St. Paul, specifically in the neighborhood that it is in. Um, and I asked you about that too. Can you talk about that uh, a little bit more, why you chose to actually have it in this um, particular neighborhood and maybe even um, you know, just kind of like give some reasons or a reason? <laughs> yes. Um, so, the, but first off, the, the location was available, mm -hmm. and then I did my research uh, about the neighborhood, um, and uh, just realized that um, for most people, um, they would not assimilate like French pastry to uh, to this uh, kind of neighborhood, because mm -hmm. for most people, French pastry is very high end, exactly. dessert, very expensive. Um, where we are right now, the, it's, um, I wouldn't say that people um, uh, are not necessarily into French pastries, but I want to I wanna make it affordable for everybody. Because I could have just uh, gone to the most uh, fancy places in, in the state. Um, we appreciate that you haven't. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's. Uh, I mean, it's food. I mean, everybody should be able to uh, to enjoy it, no matter uh, your uh, social in rank, 
exactly. or your skin color. And um, so I'm I'm very happy and I'm very proud to be able to uh, to be sharing. Uh, to be able to make it affordable for most people. Thank you. That, are we, I'll say I appreciate that and there's many people that probably, that would appreciate it as well. Um, I, I know that how important it is to consider, um, and it seems like you have also done that, the, the demographic um, of the, the neighborhood and, and yeah, the economic I won't say status or, or just levels that people are at, but you know, wanting them to also have that opportunity to have really good food, or yeah. have, even if it is, if it seems like it is, uh, some might say, okay, well, that's a little bit ostentatious, it's a little much, or whatever. It's like, but why not? You know, why not have it every now and then? I mean, you don't have to have it every single week. But at least you know, share something nice with your family, or give it a, have an opportunity to go someplace and purchase a, a pastry um, to share between two people or whatnot. So, uh, you know, one, it's really cool that you're in this neighborhood. It really, really is. I think um, folks, when once they find out more about um, the shop, you'll have if you haven't already, <laughs> you'll have a whole lot more business because they're going to come in here and say, "Wow, you know, it's." not only affordable the stuff is i'm just gonna say it it's off the chain it's really good so um when it comes to i appreciate the fact that you said that you know people no matter what um economic status they are in they should have good food have you had um or experienced that in the past and just uh while you've been doing your your pastry I'm, I'm always referring to it as artistry, and I'm not trying to embarrass you on that, but it is, it really is. And I know that I'm not trying to do that on purpose. It's just that when you look at a lot of your 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 work, it really is, they're, they're pieces of art. So again, forgive me for referring to that, to that, but have you been doing your artistry? Have you had situations where, um, you know, you felt that, okay, gosh, not everybody in this neighborhood that, you know, that I've presented to really has that opportunity. I actually experienced that myself. Okay. Yeah. Um, growing up, um, my parents, we didn't have a lot of money, but they wanted to make sure, so we were living in France, so mm -hmm. um, they wanted to make sure that we would be able to eat cakes just like everybody, or pastries, or dessert, but they would spend uh, money into, um, um, I would say a low, lower quality pastry. Okay. So from uh, like grocery store, you know, they would make it like in uh, in the factories, uh, just in the chain, and um, I, j I just uh, so with my experience, I I think that it's better to eat uh, better quality but less than. Uh, Eating a lot, okay. but a lower quality. Okay. I don't know if it makes sense. No, that does. Yeah. So, uh, just my meaning is that yeah, uh, we grew up didn't have a lot of money, but I would have rather had better quality dessert or pastries, uh, maybe just once a uh, once a month. Right. Exactly. Yeah, than uh, every week, but lower quality. No, <laughs> of course. And believe me, this is not lower quality here. <laughs> I just want people to know that. Uh, I keep stressing that. It's like you really just have to come in. 
uh, which I, I probably am jumping ahead of myself and and, and whatnot, but um, what are is the I know that you're having a, a grand opening, so you've had a soft opening, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and then you're going to have a grand opening. Would, do you have a, a date for that? Or? Yes, it will okay. be August 1st. Okay. And uh, we have a ribbon cutting ceremony at oh. 9 a.m. Oh, nice. Yes. That's awesome. And I think that might... Is that a Thursday or it's something? It's a Thursday, yes. Okay. I, I, I'm going to try to see about getting off of that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's going to be here, of course, it's right? It's going to be here, yes. Okay, awesome. Uh, so... I think it's important to tell people where we are. <laughs> Would you like to tell the location? Yes, so we are located uh, on the University and the Western Avenue in St. Paul. So just next to the train, there's the buses. Um, yep. We're very close to the highway, 294. Very much though. So. Um, to Marion. And um, yeah. If you get if you get off right at take the green line and going eastbound and get off at um, at western or westbound whichever direction you're coming from, getting off at the western um, station and walking literally maybe like 200 feet from the station, you will actually end up at uh, your uh, chef Mark's uh, patisserie. That address I believe is 383. West um, University. University Avenue. Yeah. yeah. So, gosh. Um, what do you have? What do you have planned for your shop? I mean, right now, um, these are they're, they're small things. There's small pastries and everything that I've I've tasted and experienced. Um, there was that. Oh my goodness, that wonderful cake that you sent um, back with with Janae. The um, the Yes, that strawberry one. Oh my goodness, so good. Um, do you have, I suppose, something in the future, future plans to um, expand upon, or do more cakes, or what type of business process do you have? Um, yeah. So for now, um, so we will be opening a retail store uh, in St. Paul. Mm -hmm. But on the long term, I would like to have a couple shop. Uh, a little bit in everywhere in the Twin Cities. Okay. Uh, they can also be in the mall. Nice. So people that don't want just like to come all the way to St. Paul, they can just go, I don't know if they live in Bloomington. Hopefully if one day I have a, a shop in the uh, Mall of America. Right, they could awesome. just uh, stop there. And um, also what we do is not just um, retail, we also do um, catering okay. and wedding cakes nice. for events. I talked about my birthday, so <laughs> we're gonna have to talk about that off, yeah. off and everything. But yeah, that's that. I'm gonna need to do that soon, <laughs> really soon. How soon in advance do, um, would your customers need to get in contact with you to, I guess, arrange um, to have a cake? Or um, made it really or? depends on uh, the type of uh, cake they're requesting. Okay. So let's say I have uh, a wedding cake for this Sunday. Okay. Um, they have a for this cake a specific case called Kokombush, so it's a tower of cream puff. Oh wow! I need at least uh, seventy-two hours notice, so three okay. days. 
But for most, um, if it's for example, if for your birthday cake, I would just need a uh, <laughs> just a, probably a forty-eight hours. Oh, of course, hours. of course. If anything, if I totally understand, and that's that's just business. When I say. I joke about that only because I'm like I don't really know a pastry chef. <laughs> now that I kind of do, I'm like yeah, I need to kind of li- I need to kind of like drop that little hint every now and then. It's like oh, yeah, my birthday's coming <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But no, that I again business business <laughs> totally. Um, what really I mean I don't know if maybe you touched on it before, but I know you said that you were really interested in your know, pastry or doing just pastry. But was that from a young age, or watching your parents, or, or just what did how did that come about? Yeah, so like I said, we I grew up we didn't have a lot of money, so for most of all, so in my family we are six children, okay. and I'm the last one. So we had a lot of birthdays to celebrate. Of course. Uh, so for each birthday, it would be my sisters um, who would be in charge of making cake. Okay. And uh, I'll always be helping them, uh, just to be breaking the eggs, uh, separate the egg white, right. and the egg yolk, and uh, uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. And uh, every time we had an event, or Christmas, or New Year's, or birthdays, uh, I would always uh, love to be helping. And uh, I guess that's where uh, it came from. Nice. Yeah. Was there anything else aside from pastries that you enjoyed uh, cooking or creating? Because um, I know pastry is your love, is your heart and your passion, but are there are there any other types of cuisines or other types of maybe savory dishes that you like yeah, to do as well? Yeah, you know, it's well? funny because I actually don't like to eat sweet. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love I love to uh, make pastries, but okay. I, I'm more like a savory guy. Okay. So I love any anything that's uh, not sweet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then to to actually have, you know know these tastes and everything. I mean. It, that, that's interesting because I know a chef that is she's more plant based, uh, more vegan, but then she understands that she she has clients that she has to cook your know, meat for, or and she's like I don't really like meat, but I realize I've got to you know taste it to make sure that it, you know tastes good or you know, that the flavors are there. Um, is that kind of something that you do with your your pastries as well? I mean. I, not that you don't totally like it at all, but you have to taste it. You want to taste it to yeah, say. I mean, okay, it's yeah. not that I don't like it. Right. But it's um, if I had to pick between, um, I don't know, it's a burger or pastry. Right. <laughs> you jump on a burger. burger. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> but no, just speaking of, um, you're telling me that you know a chef who is more of a plant based and mm-hmm. that has to make like um, stuff for other people. Um, uh, that's just an example. For, I only have. Uh, for the moment, just one item that's gluten-free. Okay. But I understand that a lot of people um, can have gluten, so I'm working. We are also offering a selection of gluten-free top. That's now. awesome. And uh, hopefully in the future we can also we can do that for all of our pastries. That'd be. And uh, same for the dairy. Uh, some people uh, have uh, intolerance. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's so cool. Oh my goodness, I, I'm sitting here staring at this stuff and I, I need to kind of like um, have more of it. Um, I, I, I'm really thankful for the opportunity that I've had to come and visit with you and 
he's gifted me with pastries, you all, pastries. Anyway, um, I'm going to actually take part in some of this wonderfulness that's sitting in front of me and allow him to get back to work because I know that he's a busy man and um, he has a business to run. <laughs> he has pastries to make. Um, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come and visit you and just sitting down very briefly and, and um, have, letting the community find out more about you. Um, and once again, tell us where you're located so that you know they know. And Yeah, so we are located on Western and University in St. Paul. The address is uh, 383 University Avenue West, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55103. And uh, we'll be having a grand opening on August 1st uh, at 9 a.m. So please join us. Get here early. <laughs> Might have to fight off some people. <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, trust me. You have no idea. There are some folks that will be like, what? There's a, a, a pastry shop that's opening up? Yeah, I'm going to be there. Because actually, when I posted some of my stuff on, you know, folks were like, where is this? How can I find out when there's a grand opening? I'm like, Y'all don't need to know anything, I'm telling you, because not everybody needs to know. Yes, they do, but I'm just being selfish. Uh, what about any type of social media? Please, um, you know, we met, I know I mentioned about your Instagram, or if there's any social media that you'd like to share, or, you know, um, would like folks to follow. Yes, or? so we are on Instagram at Mark Hugh Paris, so it's actually my um, private uh, account. Okay. Uh, but it's public. And uh, uh, on Facebook at Matthew Paris, uh, which you will see more content about the business. Okay. And um, yeah, we don't have a Twitter yet, our Pinterest, our YouTube, but we are also working on it. We are a small business. We are just starting. Understood. So I totally understand. Uh, but I've seen some wonderful videos already out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh. I'm like, oh my goodness. So yeah. Once again, I really want to thank you so much for just taking out. Oh, no, uh, I really appreciate you having me on your, on your show. And it's, uh, it's my pleasure. It really is. But now I'm going to break into some of this pastries, you all. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, the show is going to still continue on, but I wanted to give um, Chef Mark an opportunity um, to, again, go back. And we'll pick up with the show um, in a short minute. So be right back with you all. Thanks so much. Hey, this is Wesley, your unbougie foodie, bringing you my reviews of exciting new and independently owned food spots in East St. Paul and the surrounding areas. Ooh, looks like my food is done. Tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. only on WEQY, the voice of the East Side. Hi folks, this is Wesley Wright, your unbougie foodie. I am back once again from that small break. But I wanted to still bring you some additional information in regards to more foods and items that are around the Twin Cities. So, you know, as you know, we've already spoke to Chef uh, Mark Yu this morning. And gosh, that was such great pastries that he offered us. Um, so remember where he's located. He's located at 383 University Avenue West, which is at the corner of University and Western um, St. Paul. Uh, remember, it's right off of the green line literally when you get off of the western station um, it is right there at the corner of uh, western and university but moving on with some other topics about food um, that are coming up did you know that there's going to be a food hall that's going to be opening up or that's going to be in creation um, right now 
Um, they're calling it a food collective or graze provisions and libations. Uh, it, as you know, <laughs> Minneapolis is actually becoming a foodie town more than anyone would probably agree <laughs> uh, and attest to. But uh, I assure you that it truly is. And with all the opportunities that we have uh, to show the rest of the nation, sometimes even the rest of the world, we're coming up with some great ideas. Uh, and it's supposed to be a really awesome food hall. And they described it as being a massive food hall. And it's going to be in Minneapolis's North Loop neighborhood. Many, many months ago, if you probably recall, um, I talked about the different sizes of food halls, whether it be a neighborhood, a micro food hall, a neighborhood, um, a one for the community, and then also more of a destination. This looks like it's going to be about community food hall because it is estimated to be 14,000 square feet that's going to be offering eating and drinking destinations. Um, it, and it's going to be opening up August 15th. Just a few of the places that it will house, if you would, there will be Midnor, uh, Empanadas and Churros, um, Soul, uh, which is more of a neo-soul food um, that is being served through uh, or by Chef Gerard Class under his uh, classics uh, organization. And the food, I have to tell you, by the Soul Bowl, if you've not already had it, is awesome. Um, another is Flag Flag Map, a Flag Sash, uh, Megadilla. Um, they are the makers of a 14 monster quesadillas. Can you believe that? I mean, who knows anything about monster quesadillas? Um, apparently, they do. Uh, next is there's so many others. Um, there's Luz, and they do banh mi sandwiches, um, high top notch. Um, people talk about it so much. There is going to be carbon, which is going to be a coal fired uh, beef fryer, fishbowl poke, uh, and ramen, ramen kazama. Uh, so many others that are actually going to be uh, in this this food hall, and you, you definitely find more information about it. But uh, again, you're going to have to wait until about August fifteenth. Um, before you find out more information, it's going to be located at 520 4th Street North. Um, and, you know, and that's in the North area. So keep in mind that it is going to be raised provisions and libations. Um, so it is going to be serving, eating, and without some type of alcoholic bridges. There are so many other places um, that you can. Um, that will all be available within the food hall as well but i just wanted to actually bring that to your attention um in this instance the next place i want to actually talk about is more of um it's a youth farm um they are having what is referred to as taste of the farm and this is um September 15th is when they're having this event again taste of the farm 2019 it's going to be dinner uh, it's going to be uh, now through uh, August 4th you could purchase some tickets to this event um, but the taste of the farm event itself uh, it's referred to as a youth farm fundraiser featuring um, the Alma group here you'll have an opportunity to join food and community um, 
supporting a youth farm and youth programming within the Twin Cities. If you want to find out more information, you could certainly visit um, um, you know, Alma, uh, the cafe, the hotel, the um, restaurant, one of the event sponsors specifically. Um, but Brasa Premium Rotisserie, Tradition Capital Bank, any of these places will actually um, you know, provide you additional information regarding the taste, a taste of the farm. But it's going to be on a Sunday, September 15th. Um, it's going, to, as I mentioned, the sixth annual Taste of the Farm fundraiser dinner. It'll be celebrating the youth farms. You know, they have been doing this for 25 years and providing Minnesota youth with a place to actually grow food uh, for, you know, the community, as well as learning leadership skills. Um, this will give, you know, giving back to the community is what they're focusing on. And uh, this event will provide them um, with that, uh, that opportunity. There's going to be a three course meal. Um, it's going to be crafted by Chef Alex Roberts and Ann Kim. Uh, desserts are going to be available for or from uh, Alma. Beer and other you know, taps are going to be provided by uh, La Doña um, uh, Cerveceria. Uh, there's going to be a garden tour of the youth farm by the youth farm leaders. Um, so many other different activities um, that you have an opportunity to participate in. So keep that in mind. Um, make sure that you're visiting the Eventbrite website. Uh, website if you would and look for a taste of the farm to find out more information um, regarding um, uh, regarding this event it's going to be held uh, again as i mentioned on sunday september 15th from 4 p.m to 7 p.m uh, it will be at 241 fremont avenue north minneapolis minnesota 5405 so make sure you check them out there are a number of other events that are going on around the twin cities that i want to tell you about um I uh, admittedly, I may have talked about a farmer's market in the past, uh, but this farmer's market, this particular one that I'm going to mention to you, surprisingly, I didn't even know. Um, it's referred to as a free farmer's market. So it's located on Rice and Arlington Field. Uh, let's see, that is 1500 North Rice Street. Uh, that is going to be going on. Uh, until September uh, 27th. Who's actually sponsoring this is Keystone. Keystone, they actually made a commitment to the community uh, offering free farmers market events. So um, participants, they would have to, you know, they do have to show some type of need uh, within the community. Um, it's open to the community. You don't need to be a food shelf participant to actually partake. Um, again, it is going to be free to the public. It's just participants would have to arrive an hour in advance to receive a ticket so they could mark their spot in line. So keep in mind that um, you know there's going to be what three, two, two other events actually, and I should take that back. I'm looking at the actual dates. Um, the last date was today, was yesterday, uh, which was Friday, um, the 26th. So this happens every Friday. Uh, so there will be on August 23rd at 10 a.m. Uh, at that same location, as I mentioned, Rice and Arlington Field. It will be from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And then once again, uh, it will happen on uh, September um, Friday the 27th, uh, again, same time from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. So I, once again, uh, opportunity to get um, take advantage of an opportunity to get uh, food uh, additional 
could learn a whole lot more about information and, and additional information as well as programming from Keystone's website. Um, once again, if you're interested, keep in mind that it is located at Rice and Arlington Field, which is 1500 Rice Street. Um, that's in St. Paul. And again, that will be from 10 a.m. to noon. Here's another show topic that uh, will be important uh, for you to make note of. It is the Eastside Community uh, Festival uh, Indian Taco Fry Bread Fundraiser. That is actually going to be happening later today. So as, as you know, my show is from 10 to 11. So this is actually going to be happening today, July 27th. It will be from 11 a.m. 3 p.m. And this is going to be at the Elders Lodge. So that address is 1500 Magnolia Avenue East, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55106. Um, the details behind this is that they're raising money for Eastside Festival. Um, they're encouraging uh, you know, folks to come out to enjoy, uh, well, one, to come out and support, but then there are going to be Indian tacos that are going to be available for $7, uh, as well as plain fry bread that will be for $3. Um, soda, pop, <laughs> and uh, water are going to be a dollar. So again, keep in mind that this is really to help with raising money for the Eastside Festival. It is going to be at Elders Lodge, 1500 Magnolia Avenue East, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55106. So if you've not had, if you've not had fried, I tell you, I love learning about um, indigenous uh, cuisine. And that is kind of like a staple, if you would. And I, I shouldn't say kind of, it is a staple. Um, I know that there has been um, some talk uh, within, I guess, the culinary world uh, about folks um, doing like fried breads a bit differently so that it is a little bit healthier. That's not for me to say, of course, but I'm just providing you with that information so that you have it and know that there are certain events that are around the city that you can actually participate in. So, you know, I say all of that again because it's it's a delicious opportunity. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't really mean to, <laughs> mean to make a pun like that, but it is a great opportunity to get out and meet folks of the community uh, and show support for those on the east side. Um, because they are trying to put together um, a festival, you know, for again, for the community. And what better way than to do that by bringing people together with food? You know, that is one of the things that I talked about with chef, um, pastry chef uh, Mark Hugh this morning. And, yeah, you know, he agreed with me that it is really important that various types of foods that our groups offer or organizations offer, they do it with the fact of bringing people together, bringing community out for support and finding out what the needs of the community are and what better way to do that than, you know, sharing a meal. Okay, so I, I was reading in the newspaper recently within the past uh, day or two uh, and then re-reading it about the SNAP program. If you're not familiar with the snap program um, the snap program gives it's almost it's you might as well say that it is it's referred to as a supplemental nutrition assistance program known as food stamps a, you know, tons of people you know tens of thousands actually within minnesota they fall you know on hard times and have to utilize you know food stamps uh, a little personalized story you know i'm gonna say that i at one point i shouldn't even say at one point when i was growing up my family you know my mother you know we were on public assistance so we were also getting food stamps as well 
and you know, that's not you know pity me party or anything like that you know when you don't make enough money you know to be able to pay bills to live um you need some type of help you need some type of assistance and you know being able to take advantage of this program really did offer us an opportunity to be able to survive there were other programs that were also available as well but you know still food stamps is like still around um it might take on a different name but still um it's really important well i'm bringing it up because as you know this is not a political show at all but we talk about all types of food subjects um you know especially if it's dealing with you know what affects the community so it's important to know that it's possible that um you know uh, uh, thousands of people are actually going to be possibly uh you know no longer they'll be affected by um a, a bill or this uh apparently what is going to be uh, some type of decision made by the i don't want to say his name but the trump administration and um, there are lawmakers are actually talking about um you know making some changes which would totally if you would have thousands of people just basically fall off uh, and no longer be available and if that's you know something that you feel strongly about or you have some reservations because maybe it might affect you personally or might it might even affect somebody that you know um maybe not yourself directly but maybe a, another family that you know is struggling a bit um it's important for us to keep uh, abreast on these and you know interestingly enough here's some statistics in reference to you know i guess food stamps or individuals that might utilize these and the reason why uh, a number of people they really use these benefits you know during recessions time and down when the when uh, up and down when the economy is either good or bad right now in may for 2019 you know as an example 3,840 384,267 minnesotas got food assistance um their average monthly benefit was what 135 137 dollars that's about a dollar 22 per meal farm families in you know counties what about they listed maybe about 75 counties that receive food benefits could also be effective because you know they have a lot of property but very little income they rely on you know people going to maybe the farmers markets which you know again it's it, it really is almost like a vicious cycle um you know the importance of being able to support local farmers um, these farmers if you're able to support them locally they could also provide food uh, at the local farmers markets at the farmers markets we know that you could get vet produce vegetables uh fruits all these different types meats eggs all such different types of things at a lower cost because you're not dealing with big businesses you're dealing with local farmers that are they want to provide this they have farms that they want to help and support the community and just looking for that support back from the community so again mentioning all of this uh, i'm just saying that it's something that we need to watch uh, in the near future but there are a number of of rules that are going to possibly going into effect that will 
kick off thousands of people from off of um, that SNAP program. As I learn more information, I'll definitely pass that on to you as well. Hopefully, uh, it will be uh, something that can be a benefit to you. I want to make sure that the information that I'm providing to you is correct and will give you an opportunity to you know just pay attention and hopefully make some some changes along with that okay there is something i'm gonna lighten the load or lighten the mood for just a moment but i gotta tell you about if you have netflix and if you don't ask some friends uh hey can maybe i borrow your i won't say that <laughs> but anyway go over to their house and watch this wonderful 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 um netflix uh, document 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 oh my goodness documentary series <laughs> about um tacos it's called netflix's tacos taco chronicles uh, and what i was trying to say is docuseries that's what i was trying to say not document series but docuseries it literally is celebrating people uh, well the celebration of tacos and the people that make them as well as the people that eat them uh, the entire series is in a Spanish is in the Spanish language, and it looks at so many different ways. I think there are about five or six different ways that uh, you know uh, tacos, the basic tacos, the standard tacos, if you would, uh, the ones that are staples, um, are created. Um, there's and I'll list them. You know how how it actually comes out on the you know, for this docu series. There's El Pastor. Uh, carnitas, uh, canasta, uh, or basket tacos, um, carne asada, barbacoa, and gusado, I believe, um, or if I pronounce that correctly, or gusado. Uh, each of them, they cover the origins of the, the taco styles, uh, how they're traditionally made and, and prepared, as well as um, all the permutations that are you know come along with them because you know for instance uh, one particular region of mexico let's just say makes carnitas one sort of one type of way or uh, interest i'll use this one better we, we so know we're so used to seeing el pastor as in that trumpet type of you know stacks of meat uh, if you've ever wondered what that is that's el pastor um, well, we're so used to seeing it in a kind of like a reddish color or maybe even an orangish color. There is, and I forgot what uh, uh, what region uh, or, or within Mexico specifically, they do their El Pastor as a, a dark or black color. And it it really just looks really interesting because here you have this dark color on the outside and on the inside the meat itself is kind of a pinkish color which is really really i mean it's it's very distinct <laughs> when you lay it on a taco or on the tortillas along with you know the onions and the cilantro yeah it's i just have to encourage you just take the time to possibly um, if you've not, if you want to have something to watch, um, especially if it's Netflix, uh, watch it, you know, food, especially if it's a food documentary that you're interested in, you know, trying what's the next one. Cause there are so many, there's a chef's table, there's, uh, you know, uh, ugly, delicious, so many others, but this one, I tell you, it is so, so good. I'm learning so much. Um, right now I'm currently on what? Tacos de Canasta or Tacos Canasta. 
which is the back basket tacos i'm looking forward to the carne asada all the rest of them the carne asada the barcoa the El Pastor and the, the carnitas, I learned so much about them. And carnitas being one of my favorites, of course. Um, tacos Ganasta, that one I'm interested in. I've never had it before, but the way that they are preparing it, producing it, uh, is so amazing and so interesting. And it shows about, it talks about, you know, the, the chefs that are actually making it. And, you know, respectfully, I, have, I always am referring to folks that cook, especially on a level of feeding the masses, having a restaurant. I call them a chef. I really do. And I don't know. Take it for what it's worth. I'm not that person that, oh, well, you didn't go to Le Cordon Bleu or whatever the case is. You're a chef. You've been preparing meals and food for folks. You know what you're doing. People are coming back to you. And yeah, you're a chef. Go ahead, chef, such and such. <laughs> but it talking on their level or listening to them talk on their level um, expressing expressing how they are feeling about uh, when they are creating uh, the meat or when they're cutting it up I remember one chef himself said that uh, he wants to honor the meat and respect the meat so he doesn't he doesn't really use his hands or handle the meat um, so much and all over the place he just lets the knife do the cutting and at times it may be a cross cut or a straight cut um, but you know using your the only time that he uses his hands is when he's actually pulling the meat um, you know or guiding the meat as he said guiding the meat from off of the bone um, and then he lets the you know his his knife do the rest of the work so I tell you it's really interesting to watch each one of these as they go through each of them, um, each one of the different styles, um, the El Pastor, as I mentioned, carnitas, such and such, to watch how they how they make it. Um, and it's so authentic. I'm in no way trying to say that I, you know, I, you know, know all about tacos because I don't. Uh, but these are short. I think they're maybe about what? 30 minutes each for each one each one of those tacos it says all six episodes of the taco chronicles runs about uh, under 30 minutes so it really won't be hard to watch all of them for some reason or another it felt like it was an hour but anyway um what i was getting at is it felt like when as i was watching them specifically the i think it was the carnitas um uh, they were it was funny because they had one gentleman that was just he was like the king of carnitas and then across the street there were three or four other vendors that were also you know preparing their carnitas but for whatever reason everyone flocked to him and it was only when he was done with his or when he sold out that's when other people went to the other vendors to if you would again any type of tacos you see the other vendors just standing there and that's not to say it reminded me of tj or to tijuana the um uh, tijuana in baja california um i lived over there for some time so going uh, to a, a side or a street side um taqueria seemed very natural and i enjoyed people watching i enjoyed watching them prepare my tacos or if i a lot of times i would have definitely would have the tacos but i would have a huaracha uh, and that 
uh, you know, folks are looking at me like, what do you, how do you know about that? Well, I mean, I had one time and then from that point on, it was just kind of like, oh, I could have it this way. I could have it that way. And what? Yeah. I know I'm kind of like jumping around the place because I'm excited about it. I just really want to encourage you to watch that The Taco Chronicles. It's on Netflix. You know, check it out. It, they, each one of the episodes, they are short. I swear I thought it was about an hour. I really did each one of them. But apparently you could watch it in less than what? Th- three hours? <laughs> so there you have it. Oh man. Uh, I think it's a wonderful show and it really should be something that uh, is on your list to watch and continue to watch. Uh, yeah, there's, there's gotta be others that are going to be coming out as well. Can you imagine there's gotta be one for burritos? Uh, well, I don't know if they really would not go that far. Cause that's more American, you know, it, let, just let's start with the tacos and get past that. I'm surprised that there isn't any kind of like, uh, maybe fish tacos. What is the aversion, by the way, of folks not liking fish tacos? I'm very curious about that. Or they find some reason to not like it. (laughs) Whatever the case is, I think it needs to be showcased in more areas than one. Oh, man, I tell you, here we are coming to the end of the show. I want to thank you so much for just sitting down with me. It really has been a wonderful time, um, you know, talking with um, Chef Mark this morning and then, of course, uh, giving you some other like resources or um, events, if you would, that are around the Twin Cities that you could attend. Please make sure that you are uh, following me on all social areas of social media. Facebook, I am at the Unbougie Foodie. Uh, Instagram is the underscore unbougie foodie and Twitter, as you know, is at unbougie foodie. I also, once again, would like to invite you to visit my web foodie.com. You'll see past episodes or hear past episodes and also uh, read articles that I've written for a community newspaper. I really hope that you liked this show. You know, I'm looking forward to the opportunity coming back live. I really am. Um, because I want to connect with you even further. But uh, until that time period, know that you can also reach me um, by email. So if you have comments, questions, um, just encouragement, or you have a resource in your neighborhood or some part of the area that you would like to share uh, or would like to hear showcased on you know, the Unbougie Foodie, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, my email is theunbougiefoodie at gmail.com. Uh, I will definitely get back to you and we can have that conversation. Uh, I know that was a lot of information, right? <laughs> Thanks so much for sticking around and um, just sitting down with me. I really do appreciate it. I look forward to you know, chatting with you all once again next week. Know that I am here every Saturday at 10 a.m. right here on 104.7 FM WEQY, the voice of the East Side. As I end every show, please remember never to let anyone tell you what type of food you can eat because really, it is all about the food. Now, taste it. Sit on down with the unbougie food day.